Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Week in Review. Here's your hosts, Elizabeth Troutman and Aubrey Gulick. Welcome to Collegian Week in Review. I am co-host Elizabeth Troutman. And I'm producer Megan Pidcock. This week, we're going to be talking to Maggie Hroncheck, city news editor of the Collegian, for a city news update, particularly that Governor Gretchen Whitmer was here in town and met with the Hillsdale mayor. I'm going to talk to Megan Schultz about an article she wrote about a Hillsdale alumna who became a nun. And then Ethan Tong is going to talk about his viola solo. And then Christian Peck Dimmitt is going to give the weekly sports update, particularly that the Charger football is on a winning streak. So the Collegian writer's tip for the week is that the first sentence of your article is called the lead, and the lead should include the who, what, when, where, how, and why of the story. It should answer all those questions, hook the reader, and tell them why they should care about what you're about to say. Now we have City News Editor Maggie Horoncheck. Can you tell us a bit about Governor Gretchen Whitmer's visit to Hillsdale? Yeah, of course. So yesterday, Governor Whitmer stopped by Hillsdale for a surprise visit. And it was not really publicized that she was coming, so it kind of surprised a lot of people, even Mayor Stockford. And uh, I've been covering city news for about two years, so I'm pretty familiar with local politics. And I think most people who know anything about Mayor Stockford know that his politics don't really align with Governor Whitmer's. Uh, But I was pretty impressed with the grace that he showed towards her and vice versa. They both know they disagree in a lot but they were both very professional and diplomatic about the visit. She was coming here to tour the historic Kiefer House Hotel, which is something we've been covering for a couple of years as they've been doing renovations to it and trying to uh, bring it up to speed. So she was doing a little tour of that hotel and Stockford met up with her and it was a very uh, diplomatic visit. They were both very friendly uh, and he had only good things to say about her as a person uh, on Facebook. Are there any other uh, interesting headlines in the city news this week? Uh, Yeah, so there's a few different things going on. Uh, Helping Hands Pregnancy Resource Center is holding a ribbon-cutting ceremony for their new 3D ultrasound machine. So that's going to be on October 16th, so very exciting. Uh, And then we also covered a professor, Dr. Fincher, who is making this model of downtown Hillsdale back in uh, 1890. So that's cool. really exciting because he kind of just picked this up as a random hobby during COVID as something to keep him occupied. And he's really studied the history of Hillsdale and he's building this full scale like display uh, of the town exactly how it would have looked in 1890. So there's a that's couple buildings cool. that actually still remain to this day, but a lot of it is uh, very changed since <laughs> 1890. So is there anything else that you want to talk about general comments on city news this week? Uh, Yeah, so what's great about City News is, like, we're covering a lot that's going on in the town and kind of trying to bring that news to campus, as well as residents in the town, but just trying to, like, merge that, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening on campus, but there's also a lot going on downtown. Um, And you can kind of see that issue to issue, but we also covered a few state politics that kind of affect local politics, like Governor Whitmer reinstating the prevailing wage law for state contractor projects. So basically that's saying that private contractors are going to have to pay union rates. Um, And that's something the legislator got rid of in 2018 and Whitmer brought it back. So that's something that's going to affect the whole state, but it definitely has implications for Hillsdale as well. So how do reporters find these stories? 
Uh, a lot of them I assign just by keeping up, you know, with different Facebook groups. What are the Republicans doing? What are the Democrats doing? Uh, what events are going on? I, I walk through downtown Hillsdale all the time and just look for any sign of news or change uh, just to keep up to date. And sometimes people send things in. They hear about something. And we like to cover all sorts of events. It doesn't matter what group in town, what the politics is. We're here just to to cover it. So I assign that. And people who are interested in political reporting will take those political stories. And then there's other more almost feature but still news like event coverage that we do as well. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. This is Megan Schultz, assistant features editor for the Collegian. This week, she wrote a piece about a Hillsdale alumna who became a nun. Could you tell us a little bit about that and how she decided to become a nun? So basically, my editor let me know that we had a source who um, had recommended her for a story, and I was able to reach out to her and talk to her um, while she was in the convent. And so she was just really inspired by everything she had learned here at Hillsdale and her education and the classes she took took her deeper in her spiritual life as well. So that caused her to lean into her Catholic faith, discern religious life, um, which is something she sort of left behind um, before she graduated college, but then came back to a little bit later and did end up joining Covington Carmel in Louisiana. So what is that particular order of nuns like? So they're cloistered, which means that their main, um, they stay there for the most part and their main charism is prayer. So um, some orders will have more active apostolates where they go out and teach or work or things like that, but their main activity is prayer. So everything they do throughout their day um, is focused around prayer, um, which is not what she expected to do. She expected to be more of a religious sister working um, in the secular world, but she did end up becoming a nun instead. Very interesting. Now, when did she graduate from Hillsdale? She graduated in 2018. Did she go immediately to become a nun? So she actually went and taught um, at a school in Louisiana at first. Um, she was an English major and a Latin minor, so she was teaching um, along those subjects um, before she reconnected with a friend who she had grown up with who was in the convent. Um, and it was actually through her that she ended up finding that convent and ending up there uh, two years after she graduated. Wow. Did she say anything about how her Hillsdale education impacted her decision to become a nun? Yeah. Um, there was one professor in particular, Dr. Dwight Lindley, who was not, she was her academic advisor her freshman year, but not after that. Um, but she and him would just catch up about once a semester or so um, and chat about the spiritual life, about academics, about books, things like that. And so she talked a lot about how that relationship and then also the classes she was taking and her professors and things like that um, really contributed to just thinking more deeply, which led to her thinking more deeply about her spiritual life as well. Has this ever happened before where a Hillsdale student who was Catholic who went and became a nun or a monk? Um, so I don't know too many stats on that or anything like that, but we do. We did have another source who was originally going to be in the story, but um, we decided to hold it for another time. But he became a Catholic priest shortly after graduating from Hillsdale. So it does happen. I'm just not sure how often. And now, Megan, you wrote another piece this week about the dwindling use of the word woman to describe women. So what is your view on that? <laughs> so it was basically just something that had come up as I was reading um, 
news publications um, somewhat often. And I started to notice more things cropping up about different terms people were using instead of woman. So you start to see birthing person a lot more, um, those with a uterus, um, person with vagina or something like that. Um, and so it came up in Biden's, one of his public health bills. And there was the Lancet, which is a British medical journal, published an article um, with a different term. And so that was kind of, that article specifically was what inspired me to just kind of look at more into it. And I ended up writing it for a class and then publishing it in the Collegian. So do you think birthing person should not be used to describe women? Yeah, I definitely think it shouldn't be used to describe women. I think we should just use the word woman. So I just think that taking away a word that literally defines half of the human race um, is just really dehumanizing and unnecessary. I talked a lot about how just like take that degrades like a woman's femininity and how there are young women that I've just like gotten to work with the past couple summers um, at jobs at summer camps and ministries and things like that. Um, and have we ha- they have enough sources in their lives confusing them and leading them in different directions. They try to figure out who they want to be. And so it's trying to change even like who they are, or redefine what woman means or call them something that's just like kind of degrading them down to just their bodies. Um, it's just going to confuse them even more. Sounds like a lot's at risk yes. for changing this term. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely it is. Well, thank you so much, Megan. It was really great to hear about these two stories, about this nun, and about your views on the use of women. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. The Collegian Week in Review continues. A couple front page headlines this week are that Molly Hemingway released a best-selling book on the 2020 election. She is a senior journalism fellow at the Kirby Center in D.C., and her book is called Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. It is already the fourth bestseller on Amazon.com. This happened within the first 48 hours of its release, so that's very exciting. Also, a journalist for the New York Times, he was a former investigative reporter for the New York Times, as well as the author of several mystery novels, Alex Berenson, came to campus this week to give a lecture on reporting and COVID-19. And the Hillsdale College faculty responded to the National Popular Vote Initiative. Also exciting is that two alumni returned to be a part of Hillsdale's visiting writers program. Those were Elizabeth Genovese and Forrester McClatchy. Elizabeth graduated in 2006 and Forrester graduated in 2016. They studied poetry and literature on campus and were able to share their own work with students. This is the Collegian Week in Review. Here we have Ethan Tong, who was a concerto soloist um, at the Symphony Orchestra opening this last weekend. So Ethan, can you tell us a bit about what you do and how it went? Sure. So I played the concerto competition in the spring. I competed in the concerto competition in the spring. Uh, I competed alongside a lot of other instrumentalists and vocalists, and they chose four vocalists and three instrumentalists, and um, they only had spots for six people to perform in the spring. So since the other six people other than myself were seniors, they've had them go in the spring since they were about to graduate, and then I played in this fall's uh, performance this last weekend. What instrument do you play? I play viola. I've been playing since I was five, so about uh, 16 years. What sort of music did you play over the, this past weekend, and what generally do you like to play? Ooh, that's a, uh, it's a good question because the piece that I picked is not 
a typical concerto, um, say by by Mozart or Beethoven. Um, the piece that I played is Paul Hindemith's uh, 1935 concerto titled Der Schwanendreher, which means the Swan Turner. Um, it's from a period of music that most non-musicians wouldn't recognize as classical music. It sounds a lot different from your typical concerto because um, it sounds a lot more uh, impressionistic, maybe is the word, a lot more modern. Uh, so during the piece, it sounds a lot of, there's a lot of chaos and kind of arbitrariness. You could think of like going to an art museum today versus seeing the art of, of back in the day. And the music style is very different. So uh, the piece that I played is definitely different, but it, it tries to stay within boundaries so that it sounds sort of like that uh, old style by Beethoven or Mozart, while not just simply regurgitating what, we, what we've heard in those composers. So you said you started playing when you were six? Five. Five? Okay. Do you play any other instruments? Uh, I've picked up a little bit of guitar, and I'm currently in a beginning voice class, and I'm wanting to get involved with choir uh, in coming semesters, but viola is my primary instrument. My parents kind of, uh, they refused to let us quit until we had graduated high school, so which was a good thing <laughs> in, in the end because uh, it made us persist even when we were kind of feeling like that instrument wasn't our, our life career. But. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming we, your siblings, also mm-hmm. play? Mm-hmm. So I have an older sister. She's going to grad school for violin at San Francisco Conservatory of Music. Um, this is her first year in grad school. And then my younger sister is doing music therapy at Biola University. She's a pianist. Uh, then my brother, after my younger sister, is a pianist. And then there's another brother who's a cellist, another brother who's a violinist, and then another brother who's a violinist. So, so full family of musicians. Full family of musicians. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite thing about playing the viola? Uh, the viola is in between your kind of bright pitched uh, violin sound and your deep resonant cello sound. It kind of gives off a different vibe, a more melancholy vibe from the violin. So, uh, it kind of, it, it has a very unique place in the orchestra cause you can distinguish it if you have a, a good enough ear, um, but it's not too different from, from the traditional string sound that you're going to expect. So I just, I kind of like just playing a unique instrument that not everybody else plays. Um, with the different sound, it's it's a lot of fun. So I know there was a recent change in the faculty of in the music department. Can you tell us what you think about that? Uh, I assume you're referring to Dr. McDonald, who is now uh, the sacred choir director. I actually have him for Understanding Music, uh, Music 204. He's fantastic. He is not only a fantastic musician, like when he's just playing around on the piano during class, but he also is a great lecturer and a teacher. He has been uh, telling us a lot of little things about the liberal arts and um, telling us things that he's learning, that he learned, that he knows about like C.S. Lewis, things that he knows from history, um, different things in the Renaissance. He is also a really good lecturer, like he's entertaining, not something that you would necessarily expect from somebody who's a dedicated musician. Uh, and he's, he's a great professor. So I, and everyone that I've talked to, whether they're in in chamber choir, sacred choir, a big choir. I believe he only teaches big choir and um, sacred choir at this point. Um, But everyone who's worked with him really loves Dr. McDonald, and I also am myself a huge fan of him. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great hearing about your music. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. This is Christian Peck-Dimmitt, the Collegian Sports Editor. So, Christian, the Charger football has now won three games in a row. What was the score in Saturday's game? 
Uh, so we beat the Walsh Cavaliers 20-3, to and it was all defense. We had four interceptions, a forced fumble, and a blocked punt. Three of those picks were from redshirt freshman Jackson Gillick, who now actually leads the nation in all of Division Two in most interceptions with five. You incorporated a new section into the sports area of the Collegian this week. Could you tell me what is that new section? Yeah, so it is the sports opinion section. We've uh, kind of played around with it a little bit before, but as of this week, uh, I believe it is here to stay. So it is kind of a place in the paper for sports-specific uh, opinions pieces. Ideally, a lot of them are going to be kind of Hillsdale sports-related, but obviously not uh, all the time, and that is not the case uh, this week. Now, volleyball also has been doing really well. It looks like they won six straight sets. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so they beat both of their opponents this weekend, uh, sweeping them three straight sets, three straight sets. And they've now actually won 14 straight matches, nine of which uh, have come in conference play. So they are undefeated in conference play, top of the GMAC North Division, and they have a long, the longest winning streak in the entire conference by more than double. And it looks like Brennan Simpenu, the tennis player, and his partner are set to compete in the first ITA Cup in Charger tennis history. What does that mean for the Charger tennis program? Well, it's huge. So the program restarted only about six or seven years ago, and Sean and Brennan are actually the first GMAC players ever to make it to an ITA Cup, not just the first Chargers. And Brennan made it both as uh, a singles player, so in the singles bracket, and he actually just, I believe, play started today. He upset the third-ranked player there. And then he, along with Sean Barstow, made it as, or qualified rather, as a doubles pairing, and I believe doubles uh, is set to start in a couple days. So it looks like the shooting team did pretty well recently. What place did they get in their most recent competition? So they competed in the Scholastic Clay Target Program's Collegiate National Championship, and they actually placed fourth. They were first among Division II teams. So there were both Division I and II teams there, and among everyone they placed fourth. And they put out a slew of kind of individual national champions, even a couple of international champions as well. It's very impressive. Now, what can Charger sports fans look forward to in the upcoming week? Well, the football team has another home game this week against Lake Erie on Saturday at 1 o'clock. And that is, yet again, uh, you know, a chance for the Chargers to kind of stretch their, uh, their winning streak. They're yet to lose a game in conference play. You can also look for, obviously, as we talked about, Brennan and Sean, Uh, competing in the ITA Cup, and uh, women's tennis is actually heading into its last weekend of the fall season. Thank you so much, Christian. This was the Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. This week, we talked to City News editor Maggie Hroncheck about an update on the City News, Megan Schultz about an alumni who who joined a convent, and the use of the term birthing purses instead of woman, and Ethan Tong about his viola solo in the last weekend symphony opening. Christian Pickdemmitt also gave us a sports update of how the Chargers did this week. Fall break is coming up next week. Some things the students may be doing to pass the time since it will not be taken up by school. 
are visiting Meckley's Fruit Farm for some classic apple picking and other fall activities. Um, going to Cold Water Drive-In, which is a classic drive-in movie theater. A coffee crawl to visit the many coffee shops of Hillsdale. Uh, there are many, and they are all very good. Visit the other side for a burger and or ice cream. Or go visit Lake Bobbies and enjoy the lovely scenery. Have a great fall break, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. This was the Collegian Week Review. You can find the Collegian every Thursday online or at HDL Collegian on Instagram. This was Radio Free Hillsdale at 101.7.